Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Kelly is the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency in Phoenix, Arizona, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. She has a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. She was adopted when she was three days old. She was born to a teen birth mother raised in a closed adoption and reunited with her birth mother in 2007. Our goal with the Birth Mother Matters and Adoption podcast is to spread awareness and education about the beautiful choice that is adoption. Today, we're going to talk about people's fascination with adoption. And when you are a member of the triad, you will find as people learn about your adoption involvement, they will start asking questions. They will become intrigued, interested, have questions to ask. Sometimes they have comments to make, which we've talked about in the past, Mm -hmm. about maybe maybe getting society to kind of back up on some of those questions. But I want to talk today about what is the fuel behind the fascination. I think it's important to address it because, again, in the adoption triad, all three sides generate this fascination. Mm -hmm. I think as a society, anytime we deviate from what we have built up or consider the norm, that out what's in the outskirts of that is really interesting because it's not what is in every household. You know, it's it's different. Like you say, it's like with anything, just like somebody tells you what they do for a living and you think, oh, that sounds interesting. I know nothing about that. And you want to know more. And I think that's a good thing, even when it comes to adoption as well, because I think we want people to know more, but we also want them to pursue it in a respectful manner. So I have a a quick, funny story to uh, insert here. When I was married with my ex-husband, the agency had been born, basically. Mm -hmm. And when uh, we would meet people or see family that we hadn't seen for a long time. At the time, my ex-husband was working for uh, a very popular Chinese restaurant. And people would ask us what we did for a living. And I would tell them and kind of, you know, look at them waiting for the questions. And they would (laughs) weirdly always turn to him and want to know about the food and (laughs) the secrets behind the recipes and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, are you kidding me? I just got trumped by a popular food chain. Like it's not. (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah. So I guess people are interested in adoption unless there is, you know, something else that may perk their their interest as well. When we're looking at the triad and we're looking at, at people's fascination with the triad, obviously it's from different angles. You know, just there are, you know, three sides to a triangle, but there's angles as we've learned in geometry and we've all wanted to forget. Uh, so when, when you're talking to an adoptee like myself, who is on that side of the triad, the questions are often pretty much the same. You know, I can say that you can summarize it almost into five, five main questions and then they tangent off from those. Uh, you know, the first one is, you know, have you met your biological parents? Uh, The second question, most popular question I have been asked is, what is it like growing up adopted? Nobody knows. We don't know any (laughs) differently. It is growing up in a quote unquote normal circumstance. It's you're growing up. 
the third question that I've always found about as intrusive as when somebody asks you your age mm-hmm. or how much money you're living <laughs> is when they ask you, why were you given up or placed for adoption? And a lot yeah. of people don't even know, wouldn't you think? Right. But again, I've heard that question mm-hmm. asked of me as an adoptee multiple times. And it is one of those that you're like, well, I'm not damaged goods. Right. But, you know, this is why. Like, like there has to be a reason that has to be explainable to them. The Do you have an of example question. of what you've used to kind of diffuse that question? In my younger days, I would just say, I don't know. Okay, that's fair. And that kind of blows them off a little bit. If I did want to talk about it, I knew it was going to be a long and intense conversation because then Mm -hmm. that would no doubt generate additional questions and the tangents would come up and uh, it would be long. So, you know, I, I think that people ask questions that they're not really privy to the answers. And I think that, that again, we're trying to steer people away from this. Mm -hmm. So that would have been the third. Right. Uh, The fourth, I would say, uh, because I had an adopted brother, they would want to know if he was my biological brother as well. Okay. Which again, I mean, that's personal. It's almost like, let me give you an example. So when I, when I was pregnant with all of my kids, complete strangers found it appropriate to come up and put their hand on my stomach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. And so, again, I mean, that's taking a liberty that wasn't offered. Right. I mean, if somebody came up to you and put their hand on your stomach, (laughs) (laughs) just stood there with it, what would you think? I'd be embarrassed, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why would you be embarrassed? Because somebody's touching my stomach for apparently no reason, because I'm obviously, well, maybe not obviously, (laughs) I'm not pregnant. Right. So, I mean, but it it's awkward, right? Like just thinking right. about it, it's awkward. Yeah. Well, it's no less awkward um, for a stranger to come up and do that. Or if they want to know the gender, like who cares? You don't know me. You don't even know my first name and you want to know what I'm having. Like, what does it matter? Yeah. And I think society has gotten to a point where they can ask these questions and feel it's like they don't think about it before they ask. Right. You know, the old joke of you never ask a woman if when she's due <laughs> because you just don't. Oh, and, and I one of my my best friends, I have um, been at lunch with her and been out with her and and she's been asked that multiple times. Wow. And it's it's so uncomfortable even for me. Right. Because she's not pregnant. And, you know, I mean, part of me, when I get embarrassed, I start to giggle. I mean, I just I can't stop <laughs> And unfortunately, that triggers it. And so then <sighs> my friend is embarrassed. The person who asked is clearly embarrassed because they figured it out. So the fifth one that I would say in my experience is the most popular one is, aren't you so glad you're adopted? Mm-hmm. Don't you feel so lucky? Don't you? And again, I think when people don't realize that they're talking about such a big event that is really your life story, that maybe that's not something that you want to discuss as you're passing by somebody in the hallway or seeing somebody after not seeing them for 10 years. I mean, like with your eyes, you've been very open and honest about your eyesight um, mm-hmm. on the podcast before. 
if you hadn't seen a family member in five years and the first thing she said is, how are your eyes? How are you doing? Are you still able to see okay? <laughs> I, mean, I saw somebody from high school and it had been 25 years, something like that. And that was the first thing he asked me. He says, so are your eyes doing better now? Or And I'm like, no, they're the same. <laughs> so, And it was awkward, but I get it. And I think by giving examples like this, I think people can actually see, you know what I mean, from the perspective that, that we're trying to come from. Another example would be if you survived a horrific car accident mm. and you were in, the wheel, in a wheelchair for the rest of your life and somebody was to come up and say, oh, you're so lucky to be in that wheelchair. You right. are so lucky. Well, he was very lucky to survive the accident. Of course. But he probably doesn't feel as lucky to be in the wheelchair. It's, again, your perception. Well, I think yeah, I think one thing it, it boils down to is you can't put an entire life and a, a life lived into a statement like, I'm lucky. You know what I mean? It has many things advantages, disadvantages, just like everybody else's lives, you know? And I wouldn't even know how to answer that because right. in my opinion, I'm probably one of the most unlucky people. I don't ever win at lottery scratchers. I don't <laughs> win when we, you know, if you go to the casino, I wasn't that person that always wins every contest or, and so, yeah, that wouldn't be how I would really describe myself. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> With adoptive families, this is what I've heard from them. Again, I'm not an adoptive mom, so I'm not speaking from personal experience, but having worked with them for 17 years and watching my parents answer questions, mm -hmm. it I would say the five of them, I won't say the five most common because I don't know that I can quantify what are the top five, but I would say five of the most popular ones um, that are commonly asked would be, why did you adopt it may be a medical reason mm -hmm. that you couldn't have biological children, or maybe you had a passion for adoption. Maybe that's what you wanted to do. We've had lots of people adopt through our agency that just really wanted to adopt. Mm -hmm. I had one coworker that a long time ago adopted her children from two children from China. And she would go to the grocery store and there was a lady that would chase her around the store asking her how much they cost. <sighs> And that is so inappropriate. Absolutely. Wow. Um, in her mind, they're priceless. Definitely. I think that, again, you know, that is being overbearing and, and you've stepped in a lane that you don't belong in. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the children can hear you. I mean, she's not whispering this. She doesn't know this lady. Um, when somebody mm -hmm. comes back from having a fertility treatment, you don't ask them, how much did that cost? <laughs> exactly. And it's good to put these into perspective and compare them to different questions that society deems unacceptable because these are just as well. Correct. Another one that is very similar to one that I get asked is if you have more than one child, if they are biological siblings, mm -hmm. they want to know that. And again, none of their business, really. <laughs> I don't know what it matters. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. They are siblings. Right. Maybe Absolutely. not biologically, but yeah. Absolutely. Another question that that I've heard is always at the top of people's list is, how did you do the adoption process? Like, how does it work? How does it 
and, and you want to give the process it's due and you don't want to give them like two sentences when, mm-hmm. you know, this is something that you put your you know heart, mind and soul into and your whole family has been vested in this. And there may be some aspects that you don't want to talk about. And when somebody wants every detail, again, compare that to fertility. When you come back after having a treatment done, you know, does somebody sit next to you and say, tell me everything they did? Yeah. What happened when you left the waiting room and, <laughs> and tell me everything until you came back? Right. And how do you describe the whole process of adoption? It's impossible. Unless they have hours and hours. <laughs> they also want to know, and I don't want to phrase it into a question, so I'm going to kind of give the topic on this one. Mm-hmm. They want to know the circumstances in which the child was placed for adoption. And, you know, were the parents in agreement? And is this, you know, how does this work? And can the parents come back? And, and that's something that they'll say in like a lower voice. Right. And I would conclude the adoptive parent triad portion with saying that a lot of times there'll be a comment made about the appearance. So what we, I used to see that was asked of my parents right in front of me is my, my adoptive mother would say, oh yes, yeah, we adopted two children. Oh, but they look so much like you. Right. Okay. And that's not one that I would even know how to answer. Because I've been asked that the same. How do you look so much like them? I don't know. And a lot of people have never heard these types of questions because they don't realize that the fascination with the public is, is like this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting. So moving on to the birth mother, uh, the questions that she gets asked are, I would say, maybe even her, her sense is going to be heightened because most of the time it's while she's pregnant. Because somebody in the grocery store wouldn't know that she placed a baby six months after. So people will come up and, you know, they may ask questions about her pregnancy. Birth mothers have told me that they are not really sure how to answer them because they're doing an adoption plan. And so they don't really know how much to say or not to say. And even though we've explained, it's totally your call. You can go along with it. You can, you know, just lie to them. You can mm-hmm. do whatever. With the birth mother questions, th- these are going to kind of be in like a rapid succession th- okay. because usually when you're talking to a woman who's placing her baby for adoption, she isn't going to give you a lot of her time. So people will kind of fire questions at her. Mm-hmm. And I would say the five most popular questions are, if they say I'm placing the baby for adoption, is always why. Like like they are entitled to an answer as to why she has chosen an adoption plan. Mm-hmm. Then the comment that's very popular is what about your parents? And so again, now we're diving right into her personal history. Very personal. She probably doesn't want to disclose to a stranger or somebody that it's not enough of her world to already know what's going on. The next question that would be asked would either be, do you know the family? How did you meet them? The other question that would be asked if she has other children is, are you going to place this one for adoption too? And unfortunately that may or may not be said right in front of the other child. We're going into areas that now are involving the kids. Um, I would conclude this, this triad section with the last question probably being more about her future with the baby. Are you still going to stay in the child's life? They may or may not know the term open adoption. So they're going to want to know, details about her plan that they are not of any 
I don't even know how to say it. They, sh- they have no right to even ask these questions. Right. But people feel that they have these rights. And maybe it's just a generational thing that it's just getting worse as we go. I mean, back when I was growing up, you did not ever ask somebody how much they made for a living. Right. I don't think that right. should ever be asked. And I think that people ask questions that when you don't want to answer something, you almost feel like something's wrong with you when you don't want to provide an answer. And so then you feel obligated. So then they don't think something different. I think you're right. And I think that changes with age because that's how I was when I was younger. If somebody asked me a question that I felt was out of bounds and I didn't answer it, I felt like it was me. I was the problem, not the person asking the bad question. Now I'm more apt to ask a more inappropriate question of them to kind of put them in my shoes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. So you respond with that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of like puts them on their heels to say, this is what you're doing to me. Don't do this to me. I won't do it to you. Okay. And I think my approach is I'm hoping that through this podcast, we can spread the message for people to respect what they don't know. They don't need to know. It's not going to change the rest of their day by whatever answers this person gives you. Mm-hmm. But you very well may change her day by asking her those questions. And so I think that if we as a society think before we speak and put our heart on the line and know that, yes, we may be curious, but at the end of the day, it's going to do more harm than good or potentially more harm than good. And so why not maybe wait till you get home and then Google some answers? We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can reach us on our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and tell your friends about us. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.